We're reading from God's word together. We stand to honor him. Psalm 92, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. To declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night on an instrument of 10 strings, on the lute and on the harp with harmonious sound. For you, Lord, have made me glad through your work. I will triumph in the works of your hands. Oh Lord, how great are your works. Your thoughts are very deep. Senseless man does not know, nor does a fool understand this. When the wicked spring up like grass, when all the workers of iniquity flourish, it is that they may be destroyed forever. But you, Lord, are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. My horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. My eye has seen my desire on my enemies. My ears hear my desire on the wicked who rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. Welcome to 21 days of prayer and fasting. Everything we do, we start with worship. Worship, praise, when we talk about praise, we say this phrase here. We say praise is a plow. What just happened right there in that moment of worship, it's a plow. What do you use a plow for? You use a plow to break up hard soil. The Bible talks a lot about seed and soil, the parable of the four soils. What happens when you throw seed onto hard soil? The birds come and get it. It doesn't do anything. It can't take root, but... But guess what? If you will plow, if you will break up the fallow ground, the hard soil, then all of a sudden that soil is ready to receive. It's ready to receive the seed of God's word. Every time when we come into this room, whatever room we're in, we come in and we begin with praise because we know praise is a plow and it breaks up the fallow ground. That's what our worship team, when they're doing that, when they're leading up here, they're plowing the way for us. And so for each and every one of us in here, as we begin to grow as believers, I'm telling you, you have a responsibility in this house. If you've been in this house for a year, two years, and you call this your house, like this is your church, you're planted here, I'm telling you, we got to grow up, some of us as believers, because you have a responsibility in this house to come and plow with them, to come alongside them, to come under that same yoke. Because guess what? His yoke is easy. His burden is light. And guess what? When we begin to plow, it might feel a little difficult at first. It might feel a little uncomfortable. It might feel a little unnatural for you to raise your hands, to drop to your knees, or to sing out loud. Because that's not what you grew up with. That's not what you grew up around. But I'm telling you, if you're in this house and you're planted here, you have a responsibility to come alongside these leaders, and we worship together, and we plow the way so that everyone in here can receive the seed of God's Word. That's what we see in Psalm 92 when it talks about, we all want the end of Psalm 92. We want to flourish, right? 
When we look at this world, when we look around us, we, we just want to flourish. We want to excel. We, we want what the promise is at the end of Psalm 92. The righteous, those who do what God says is right, that's what righteousness means. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. You still want to be fruitful in old age. You want this. You want everything that comes right here at the end of Psalm 92 to be fresh and flourishing even in your old age. But guess what? You don't get to the end without the beginning. What's it say at the beginning? What do we do at the beginning of Psalm 92? It's all about praise. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. When we come into this moment, we give thanks to him and we praise him. To sing praises to your name, O Most High. To declare your loving kindness in the morning. Sometimes we want the promise, but we just want to sit back and do nothing. We just want to receive, but we don't actually want to make the choice to do what God's word says. We keep saying this over and over lately, and we're going to keep saying it because it comes from God's word, and it's a good seed, and it's a seed that needs, needs to take root in this season in all of our lives. Draw near to God, and then he will draw near to you. It doesn't say God's going to draw near to you, and then you'll feel good, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Like, No, no, no. You have to make the first choice. Some of you today, you're here today. It's a new year. It's the first Sunday of the new year, 2024. And you're like, we're going to try going back to church this year. We're going to get back into it. You've done it. You chose to draw near to God. And I'm telling you today, he is drawing near to you right now. Even in worship, you could feel the hard soil breaking up in here. Sometimes our worship team, you might notice, like, like there'll be a moment and they'll say, we just need to sit here in this moment. Those aren't planned moments. Those aren't moments that they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna do this and do this and we're gonna, we're gonna kind of manipulate how people feel. There, there's some you know, musical artists, things like that. They'll, they'll do that. They know how to build a moment. They know how to create a moment. I'm telling you, our, our worship team, all they're doing in those moments is they're listening to the Spirit and they felt the Spirit prompting them in that moment to say, we need to keep plowing right here. There's a moment, there's something happening right here where there is hard ground, hard soil being broken up and we need to go forward and keep plowing up the hard soil. That's what those moments are. And so there's some of us in here now, now all of a sudden we're ready to receive. And we can receive the seed of God's word and what he has for us. You chose today to be here. You made that first choice to drive near to God. For us, that's what prayer and fasting is. We start every year, we make a choice, and we say we want to devote the very first part of this year to him. And we want to devote our time into prayer and fasting. And so now at this time, if you're planted in this house, you know. You, you've kind of been here. You've seen what we've done the last couple of years. And now you're kind of seeing like, wow, this year they're kind of really planned ahead. They even got little things printed out and everything. It's like, it's not just coming like the day of, all right? Yeah, we, we've been, man, God's been growing us up. God's maturing this house. He's blessing this house. Check out our website. Andrew, he built like this whole thing that'll walk you through every 21 days. And there's a worship playlist on there. And there's uh, different teachings. Uh, Nate Baker helped develop that and put in uh, just different teachings, extra teachings you can watch every day. There's just some extra resources because we want that for our church. We, we want to grow up. Teleon in the Greek, that means complete. We want to grow up in completeness, into maturity in this house. That's the goal. 
to not just come in and just stay where we're at right here, right now, to just keep drinking milk the rest of our lives. We talked about that in Hebrews this year, this past year. We gotta quit drinking milk. We gotta move on. We gotta mature. We gotta eat the meat of God's word. And so we're not just gonna come into this house and just stay the same. We're gonna change and we're gonna grow. And we're gonna listen to his voice and we're gonna grow in the direction he's calling us to grow. That's what he does. When you look for those that are planted in his house, what does it say? It says they grow, they flourish. They don't just stay a seed. No, no, no. The seed gets buried. And what's the seed do? The seed dies. It dies to itself, and it's raised new into something better. It dies to itself. If you will die to yourself this year and make a choice to get planted in God's house, I'm telling you, the shell of your seed, like who you are right now, if you'll get buried with Christ this year in his house, in his soil, you're going to die to your old self and you're going to be raised new and you're not going to be recognizable. Because I've seen it this past year. I've seen it. I've seen people that had a chance a year ago when we were here entering into this time of 21 days of prayer and fasting. God just put this guy on my heart today. I saw this young guy in our church who a year ago today, uh, right around this time, he was kind of frustrated and, and angry, and, and he was working through some stuff, and, and he was working through some stuff that he was frustrated and angry with at, at the leadership in this house. Because he kind of thought, man, I, I, I've done all this. I, I've been here. I've been helping. I've been serving. I, I think I kind of deserve this. And we, we came alongside him, and we had some good conversations with him, and we just kept encouraging him. And just stay planted and stay patient. Just keep waiting on the Lord. He could have left and he could have just bounced around from house to house and, and gone from church to church. and done, You know, he, he could have done that. But instead, he really felt the Holy Spirit saying, no, no, you're not supposed to go anywhere. And, and this young guy, like the shell of who he was, he buried it in this house, in this soil. And he's been raised new. And I'm telling you, he's been baptized in the Holy Spirit. He's praying in the Spirit. He, he is one of our, he's, a, he's an intricate part of our leadership and our worship team. Uh, he does so many things in this house, and he is flourishing. And it's because he chose a year ago to not let the enemy win. What did the enemy want? What's the enemy always want us to do? The enemy doesn't want you planted in God's house, right? As you're stepping in here in 2024, he does not want you planted. What we're doing in these 21 days of prayer and fasting is we're coming against what the enemy wants. The enemy wants you to live in rebellion. The enemy wants you to live in pride. The enemy wants you to bounce from church to church the rest of your life and to never get planted and to never be buried in God's house because he knows when you get buried in his house and you're raised new, you're unrecognizable and your life becomes a living testimony to who the Holy Spirit is and the power that dwells within you. And I'm telling you, I'm seeing that in this young man. He is different than he was a year ago because he chose to lay down his life and die and get buried in the house. And he's been raised new and he's seeing the flourishing that takes place. And he's still young in the house. He's got many great days ahead of him. But I'm telling you, it's a testimony in just one year. If you'll give God this next year, if you will die to your old self, if you'll get buried in his house, the church, 
you're going to see your life begin to flourish in a way that you never thought was possible. Because you're dying to your old self and you're being raised new in his house, in his ways. So join us for these next 21 days. Prayer and fasting, uh, we just always, we encourage people in this house, when you pray and fast, um, don't get into this religiously. Don't get into this like, you know, don't beat yourself up. Don't be like, I got to do it like this, and it has to look this certain way. In fact, we even got, we got a graphic, uh, I think here. You got the fasting graphic, Nick. Uh, we got five different types of fasts that we kind of offer up and teach people about. Uh, you can do a complete fast. You can do no food, only water. Uh, you can do a liquid fast, no food, water, juice. Uh, there's the Daniel fast, no meat, dairy, or sweets. Only water, fruit, vegetables, beans, legumes, nuts, and seeds. Uh, there's a partial fast. That's what a lot of people in our house did last year. I did that. Uh, I, I love that. I'll just say, you know, for me, as a dad of young kids, um, this is like, basically, you're going sun up to sundown. You're fasting. And so, the first couple of years I tried fasting, it was really difficult because I got young kids, and I'm the one, you know, at the end of the day, I'm helping, you know, Steph and I are making dinner, and I'm looking at all this food, and I'm like, I really want to eat with my kids and my family right now. So that, you know, that, that was kind of tough. But, I, you know, I found this one last year, and this worked really well for our family. I, I would fast throughout the day, but at the end of the day, we would share a meal together as a family. And then we would also engage in just conversations about, all right, here's the Scripture. Here's what's going on. And we would read through, you know, for our kids. we got this, it's called the Action Bible. It's just like a comic book, but the Bible. Uh, it's a really fun way to read Scripture with your kids. If you've got young kids, I highly recommend it. Um, and so we would just do that as a family. So the partial fast, that's a great entry level kind of getting into it. Or maybe for you, it's just, man, just pick out one meal. Like the, you know, tomorrow we begin. We begin January 8th and we run through the 28th. Just try tomorrow, pick out one meal, like breakfast, lunch. Just say, I'm going to try and go one meal. And instead of eating, I'm going to devote that time to the Lord. I'm going to devote that time to just sitting in his word, praying, listening, meditating on his word. Just try, just, you know, if it's new to you, just try something. But don't beat yourself up either. But don't be afraid. Don't let the spirit of fear get a hold of you and be like, you can't do this, it's impossible. You're not gonna have enough energy to do your job or your work and, and you do this kind of job, you need more food. I'm, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is amazing because he will sustain you in ways that you never thought possible. In fact, here, I'll give you another little testimony. When I first, uh, when we first got going and started Revival, Almost three years ago, two and a half years ago, uh, I was drinking uh, like a big, like large coffee from somewhere every Sunday morning because I didn't know how to preach without caffeine. And, and I, you know, I, I'm not against coffee. Obviously, we serve it out here. But sometimes it, it kind of becomes like Christian, you know, crack. And we're like, we're all okay. It's all acceptable. It's like, you can do that drug. That drug's okay. I'm not against it. No shame, right? I, I like coffee. But... For me, in this season, I've really felt the Holy Spirit just convicting me. And this is where, here in this house, we want you to learn to listen to his voice and what he's saying to you directly. And so for me, my conviction that he's really been hitting on me is, I want you to learn how to preach with me and not with caffeine. And so for these past couple months, I've just been showing up on Sunday and going, no caffeine, no coffee, and uh, and just learning to lean on the Holy Spirit. And I, I'm telling you what, like, he's good. 
Like he's faithful. He's better than anything I was trying to do on my own. He is sustaining me in ways I never thought was possible, especially those early days when I was drinking the large venti or whatever. And it was like, and it wasn't enough. It was never enough. He's like, man, I wish I had another. I wish I had another. That's why we call it Christian crack, all right, you know? Listen to the Holy Spirit's voice in this season. In fact, when we come to the end and, and we have ministry time, maybe just ask the Holy Spirit or even throughout this message, just try to listen to him and say, well, what is it that you're asking me to give up? What, what is it that you're asking me to separate from in this season, to fast from, to take a break from? We also, you know, another one of the things that we do is we offer up a non-food fast as an option to people. We think that's a great entry-level uh, way to jump into fasting. And so maybe for somebody it could be TV, for somebody it could be social media, uh, but you'll start to notice as you begin to give these things up and spend more time with the Lord as you draw near to him, and you begin to hear his voice more loudly and clearly than you ever have in your past. He wants to speak to you. But will we silence the distractions? Will we set aside the time to just sit in his presence and listen? That's why we set aside this very first part of the year to put him first and at the forefront of our lives. And so it's not religious. It's not you have to do this. But if you want to draw near to him, if you want to learn to hear his voice more clearly in this season, I would just challenge you. Begin to listen to him. Begin to ask him, Lord, what is it that you want me to fast from in this season so I can draw near to you? What is it that you want me to give up in this season so I can come closer to you and hear your voice more loudly and clearly than I've ever heard it in my life? Because he loves you and he wants to speak to you. He loves you and he wants to speak to you. He loves you and he wants to speak to you. Sit and listen. See, yeah, I mean, he's just speaking right now. When we just make room for him in the silence, you'll start to hear things. Things will start to well up within you. He'll give you words, he'll give you verses. He'll tell you to read somewhere in Scripture. He'll begin to give you little simple instructions. Just begin to ask him questions as you're learning how to listen to him in this season. If you feel convicted on something, ask him. Just go to him. Say, do you want me to give this up? Do you want me to walk away from this? Or do you want me to do this? Do you want me to add this to my life? Learn to listen to his voice. That's what we do in this season. When you go through Psalm 92, there's a lot of things that stand out to us. There's a lot of values for this church. Psalm 92, it's becoming more and more uh, a foundational passage for this house, for revival. We see praise at the beginning. We see this idea of patience and waiting on the Lord. We see this representation of his power. His presence brings power, the oil, the Holy Spirit. That same power that raised Christ from the dead, it dwells within us. There's protection in his house. 
There's pruning that takes place. When you're a plant, if you're going to be more fruitful, that means sometimes you've got to get pruned. And when you get pruned, you become more fruitful. You become more productive. So we see all these things. There's one thing that really is just standing out to me in this season. Acts 2, 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God. Now, if you didn't know that, we're in the last days. That I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. This was preached by Peter on the day of Pentecost. He pulled this passage from Joel chapter 2. Joel 2, 28, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. The Holy Spirit is being poured out in these last days. There is a greater measure that we can receive. Ask, seek, knock. He's a good father. He gives good gifts. Ask today for a greater measure, to be baptized by Jesus in his Holy Spirit. Joel 2, verse 12. We all want Joel 2, 28. We all want the Spirit poured out. We want dreams and visions. We want to hear from the Lord. We want to walk in his power. But what comes before Joel 2, 28? Joel 2, 12 through 14. Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Tear your heart and not your garments. Sometimes as a sign back in those days, Uh, of grief or heartbreak. They would tear their clothes. Here's what the Lord says. He says, tear your heart and not your garments. That was what was taking place during that last worship song. There was a tearing of people's hearts in here, a turning back to him. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Before you get to Joel 2.28, you have to realize there was something that happened before that moment. There was fasting, there was weeping, there was a tearing of hearts. That's part of prayer and fasting also. As we come into his presence in this season, my prayer is that as people are planted in his house and they're convicted by his word, that there would be a tearing of hearts in this house. That there would be a tearing and breaking off of pride, of religion, of anything that doesn't belong, anything that's not of the Holy Spirit. 
that it would be torn off all of the people in his house. And that starts with fasting. That starts with turning back to him in this season. Go to Joel 2, verse 1. I just want to look at the whole chapter now. I've given you a couple little highlights, but now I just want us to look at the whole thing. Joel Joel 2, verse 1. Blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. The day of the Lord is coming. We're in the last days. That's what it says in Acts. We're in the last days. A day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like the morning clouds spread over the mountains, a people come, great and strong, the like of whom has never been, nor will there ever be any such after them, even for many successive generations. A fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns. The land is like the Garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. Surely nothing shall escape them. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses and like swift steeds. So they run with a noise like chariots. Over mountaintops they leap like the noise of a flaming fire that devours the stubble, like a strong people set in battle array. Before them the people writhe in pain. All faces are drained of color. Before God's army, people writhe in pain. All faces are drained of color. But God's army, says this verse 7, they run like mighty men. They climb the wall like men of war. Everyone marches in formation and they do not break ranks. They do not push one another. Everyone marches in his own column. Though they lunge between the weapons, they are not cut down. They run to and fro in the city. They run on the wall. They climb into the houses. They enter at the windows like a thief. The earth quakes before them, the heavens tremble, the sun and moon grow dark, and the stars diminish their brightness. The Lord gives voice before his army, for his camp is very great, for strong is the one who executes his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. Who can endure it? Is that my iPad? I don't know what that is. Sometimes my kids, they do their learning activities on my iPad, so that might have been me. I'm sorry, guys. There we go. Joel 2, this passage. There's so much here. Go back to verse 6. Before them, the people writhe in pain. All faces are drained of color. They run like mighty men. If you're planted in God's house, you're going to run like one of his mighty men. They climb the wall like men of war. Every city had walls. They climb the wall like men of war. Everyone marches in formation and they do not break ranks. When you're planted in God's house, when you are filled with his presence, you join this army. You join this calling. They do not break ranks. They do not push one another 
Everyone marches in his own column. Everyone within his house is gifted and equipped for spiritual warfare. Every one of you, if you choose to be planted in this house, I'm telling you, there are gifts on your life. There are spiritual gifts he has equipped you with and he is calling you to use and you've been called to go and set the captives free. That's what I see. When I look at that verse before them, the people writhe in pain, all faces are drained of color. I see that verse and I see the captives set, that need to be set free. That's what we're talking about here in Joel. There are captives that need to be set free. There are people dying Every day, it's something they don't even realize it. There are people that are spiritually tormented every day, and they just think, this is who I am. This is what I'll always have to deal with. They are afflicted on every side by the demonic, but they just think it's them. They just think the battle's in their own mind, and these are their own thoughts, and this is just who they are. And these thoughts of suicide, this is always going to be who they are. No, no, no. This is a spiritual war. This is a spiritual attack. And so we look out, and we know that the battle's not against flesh and blood. We look out, and we see people that are angry or mad or or want nothing to do towards God or, or towards his righteousness. But what we should see is that the enemy has been at work, and we, as his people, are called to go and climb the walls and take back territory, to take back captives, to set captives free. That's what we're called and equipped and filled with his Holy Spirit, his presence to do. So we climb the walls like men of war. Everyone marches in formation and they do not break ranks. They do not push one another. We're not in competition with each other. We're not against each other. We're on the same team. We're all called and equipped differently. And so there's different ranks and different lines that we run in and that we work in and that we work out of through our giftings. But we work in unity together. That's the beauty of the church. When the church begins to rise up and walk in every calling and gifting, and we're not fighting against each other because we know that we're one body, and so the hand doesn't look at the eye and say, I wish I was an eye, or the foot doesn't look at the mouth and say, I wish I was the mouth. And No, no, no. Wherever we are, wherever we're called, because we're planted in his house and we're a part of his body, we're the bride, we walk in rank, and we listen to our commander. The orders he's given us set the captives free. And so everything we do at Revival, we're building towards that, to set captives free. So you're calling and you're equipping. If you will come and you'll get planted in this house, I'm telling you, God is going to raise you up to set captives free. Your old self, you will, you will be buried in this house. If you'll choose to be buried in this house, you'll be raised new and you'll look nothing like you ever looked before. You'll look nothing like the rest of the world that writhes in pain. No, no, no. He will heal you because he's still a healer. He's a healer. He's a provider. He's our savior. Your life is going to look different as you go forward during these 21 days as you decide to get buried and planted in his house. Everything you are doing, you don't push one another anymore, it says in verse 8. You're not striving to raise yourself up above others. You're not striving to push others down so you can be raised up, so you can be elevated, so you can feel better about yourself. No, 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 you're working and running this race together in unity. 
Though they lunge between the weapons, they are not cut down. They run to and fro in the city. They run on the wall. They climb into the houses. They enter at the windows like a thief. When Jesus talks about the demonic in the New Testament, he says our our houses are like dwelling places. Your house, your body, it can be a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit or it can be a dwelling place for unclean spirits. And so God's army, God's warriors, what are we called to do? We're called to deliverance. To bring what Jesus has brought us, to freely give as it's been freely given. And so some of you in this past year, you've received deliverance. You've received freedom. You've received healing. You've been delivered from demons that you thought you would never be free from in your life. And so now you're called to go like a thief into other houses and steal what the enemy's trying to do to set the captives free. That's what we're called to as believers. It's warfare. It's spiritual warfare. It's not carnal. It's not of the flesh. It's of the spirit. And so now our, our battle, not against flesh and blood, our weapons don't look like the weapons of this world. We don't need those same weapons. We fight with the word, the sword of the spirit. We fight with love. It sets people free. It delivers people. Since 2020, I, I, I've known, I think now it's, it's either three or four men uh, probably in their 30s to 40s uh, that were all involved in the church, would all say, hey, we're Christians, we're believers. But all they knew was a very basic understanding of, hey, Jesus is my Savior, but everything else in this world, I, I, you know, I'm going to keep chasing after the material. And they kept chasing after the material. And when in 2020, some of the material went away or some of the things that they thought were making them happy went away and everything kind of changed in our world, they weren't prepared to fight what was happening spiritually. They only knew how to fight in the physical realm. And so now it's been three of these men have all committed suicide over these last three years. And so for us here at Revival... I'm really passionate about this. We're going to walk in the spirit and not the flesh. And we're going to train and teach our people how to walk in the spirit and not the flesh. Because I I don't want that to ever happen in this house. The spirit of death doesn't get a voice in this house. If you will choose to be planted in this house, the only spirit you're going to walk by is the Holy Spirit. That's the spirit we're listening to in this house. And we're learning how to walk by his voice and not any other voice in this world. Not any other voice, any other spirit. And so when we talk about spiritual warfare, this isn't just games. This is reality. This is more real than anything we can see, touch, feel, taste, or hear. This, this is everything. The earth quakes before them, the heavens tremble, the sun and moon grow dark, and the stars diminish their brightness. The Lord gives voice before his army, for his camp is very great. For strong is the one who executes his word. If you will listen and obey, that's what that means right there. If you will get into his word over these next 21 days, that's what we're going to do. Every day, there's a passage of scripture. 
And every day you can get into his word in community with the church body, corporately. We're in it together. And you're going to get in it. And we put this little guide on the back also, and we just call it Soaked. And all you're going to do every day is you're just going to read the scripture and write down anything that stands out to you. The O is observation. Write down an observation you have about the scripture that day. Then A is application. Write down how your observation applies to you that day. As you're reading through his word, his word is living and active and something is going to speak to you that day that you need. And then prayer, P, write down a personal message from you to God, from what you just read. Speak it out in your prayer. And also take some time to sit and listen in those moments. Just listen to see if he gives you a word, if he tells you something, if he gives you a command, or if he says, don't forget this. Walk with me in this area of your life. And then that D is declaration. Begin to declare God's truth over your life because the power of life and death is in the tongue. And if we'll begin to speak it out loud, it will rewire us from the inside out. It will change and transform the way we think, the way we speak, the way we behave, the way we act. And we will begin to execute his word. It might feel, no, 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 it, not, it won't might, it will. It will feel unnatural in the beginning. As you begin to speak God's word out, you'll be sitting alone in a room and you'll be like, I can just think it in my head. I don't want to be a crazy person talking out loud. It, it's okay. I'm telling you, it's more than okay. In fact, we need to do it. Because guess what? Demons, they can't read your thoughts but they can hear your voice. And as you begin to declare God's truth and God's word over your life and over your family's life, it's gonna change things. I promise you that. It's gonna change everything about you. It's gonna change everything about your family. Your life will never be the same after these 21 days. You're gonna flourish if you'll get planted in his house, if you will learn how to walk in his word and execute his word. To execute means to be obedient in it. Any one of us, we can all listen to it. We can all show up on a Sunday. We can hear it. We can listen to it. We can receive it. But if we refuse to execute it, we are in disobedience. We need to walk in obedience. To obey is better than to sacrifice. The day of the Lord is great and very terrible. Who can endure it? Verse 12. Now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart. There you go. We've read this, right? Turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart, tear your heart, and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. Don't beat yourself up during this. Sometimes we, we put God, uh, we have this idea of God that he's just always angry, always mad, always disappointed. Like, oh, I, didn't, I didn't fast the right way. I messed up my fasting. I, I, I bet he's mad. I bet he's angry. I, no, no, look what it says about him. Return to him. You can always return to him. You can always repent. That's all repenting is. It's returning. It's coming back to him because he's gracious. He's merciful. He's slow to anger and of great kindness. And he relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Verse 15, blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babes. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. 
Let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach, that the nations should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Verse 18. Then the Lord will be zealous for his land. The Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil, and you will be satisfied by them. I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations, but I will remove far from you the northern army and will drive him away into a barren and desolate land with his face toward the eastern sea and his back toward the western sea. His stench will come up and his foul odor will arise because he has done monstrous things. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. Do not be afraid, you beasts of the field, for the open pastures are springing up, and the tree bears its fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their strength. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully. And he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. He's our source. He's our source for everything. He's a greater source than anything we could try to do on our own. That's another thing. When we come into this season of prayer and fasting, we're giving him our first and our best in every area of our life. And so, As we're going through this month, I would just challenge you. So you can give online to the general giving, but there's also one called uh, seed offering. And you can sow a seed this year. You can give him your first and your best at the very beginning of the year, just like Abel did. He gave him his first and his best because he saw God as his source for everything. That's who God is. He's our source for everything. And when we return to him and we stop trying to do it on our own, guess what? The grain and the wine flows. Everything flows when we return to him and we consecrate to him our first and our best. That's what you see in his word. So I will, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. If you're living in shame, that's not from the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. There's conviction that comes from him, that comes from the Holy Spirit, but shame and condemnation, that's not of Christ. And then the other thing that you need to see there is if you feel like you've had years stolen from you, if you feel like you've lost out year after year after year, and you feel like you've lost out on all these things, and now you're just kind of here, this this last desperate attempt, like maybe God is all I have left. Maybe, Maybe he'll help me. He can. In fact, he'll restore to you what was stolen by the locusts. That's what the enemy does. The enemy makes you think, man, if you'll just follow me, if you'll give your life to me, look at everything that I can reward you with. But it's devoured by the locusts. It's devoured by the demonic. But if you'll put God first and you'll trust and rely on him as your source, 
that he will restore to you everything that's been lost. Worship team, I want to invite you up as we get ready to close here. It says the land will be refreshed. Some of us, that's what we need in this season. We just need to be refreshed. That's what he's going to do. If you'll draw near to him in this season, you're going to find that you're going to be refreshed and you're going to begin to flourish in ways that you never thought you could, that you never thought your life could, that you never thought your marriage could. Some of you, you're here today and this is your last, like you just, you feel the locusts have been attacking your marriage. Like that relationship just feels attacked and it feels, it feels brittle and broken and it feels like it's just kind of hanging on by life support. I'm telling you, if you will plant yourself in his house, if you will die the seed of your life, if you'll lay it under the ground and let it be buried in him, it'll be raised new and it'll be unrecognizable. It's the same for your marriage. It's the same for your finances. It's the same for your friendships. It's the same for every area of your life. That you've been chasing after your dreams and your desires. That you've been trying to do it on your own, out of your own power, out of your own strength come here and you'll lay it down and you will bury it in his house get planted in his house this year you're going to find every area of your life is going to flourish in a way you never knew was possible it's supernatural that's what he does he brings supernatural growth and so even today for us as a church we're going to sow this entire month in a way that we've never done before We sowed last year. We sowed into another church. We sowed for a building. We believe that building is coming. But I believe we're supposed to sow again. He's been laying this on me recently. He said, you sowed for a building, but you're going to need to fill the building. You're going to need chairs and equipment and all these different things. You need to sow for me to fill the building. And so this month of January, we're going to sow as a church. We're going to sow into other ministries. We're going to sow into pastors. We're going to sow into the life of the poor in our city. We're just going to throw the seed out there. And God's going to bring the growth. Because he's our source for everything in every area. And it shall come to pass afterward. Joel 2 verse 28. That I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. He's coming. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. Would you stand up as we get ready to close out in praise and worship? Our ministry teams are going to be up here on the front, up here on the front. If you want to receive today, you can receive. If you need deliverance today, ask for deliverance. If you want salvation today, call on the name of the Lord. Go and call on the name of the Lord with somebody. Don't just do it in your head. No, no, no. We declare with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you want salvation today,
Declare who he is. Find somebody and declare it today. Say, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. Come find me up here at the front. If you want to get planted in his house in 2024, come find somebody today and say, I want to get planted. I want to die to my old life. I want to stop trying to do it on my own anymore. I want to sow a seed of faith. I want to sow a seed into the kingdom. I want God to be my source because I'm sick of trying to do it on my own. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would just fill this room right now. That we would just feel your glory drop in this moment. Father, I pray that we would just, that our hearts would be torn. Everything we've been trying to do on our own, that we would just, that we would just bury it today. That we'd be raised new in your house. My God, I pray for a fresh breaking, a breaking of the religious spirit. Pray for the Holy Spirit to just come in and move, to clean out every house here, that we would just invite you in, that we would listen to your voice in this season, that we would consecrate these next 21 days to turn to you, that we would give you our first and our best in every area of our life, in our time, and our talent, and our treasure, that we would let it be buried in your house that we would flourish because we're planted here, Lord, nowhere else. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.